This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. Welcome to Liberty Church of Peoria. God's got a word for you on today. Brought by Pastor Marvin D. Hightower. Dare to be different from the world. Stay tuned. I don't do things off a pre-planned calendar by somebody that don't know nothing about us. Amen. I try to be moved by the Spirit. So, of course, this year is the year of rebooting, reformation, refreshing, repairing, restoring, renewing, recommitting, reviving, reigniting, repenting, readjusting, restarting, refocusing, resetting, releasing, and most of all, reconnecting with God. And so the other day, I posted something on Facebook through our Facebook page, and uh, Minister Paul said something that caught my eye. I'm always looking for something. The Holy Spirit always shows me something that will inspire. And he said, on his comment, he said, you need to dare to be different. (laughs) Dare to be different. So repeat this after me. Say, we... We need to, need to dare to, dare to be, different. be different. Now tell your neighbor, you, you need, to need to dare to, dare to be, different. be different. Now talk to yourself, say, I need, I need to dare, dare to, be to be different. different. Say, I need, I need to, dare to dare to be different. To be different. Praise God. Ah. Yes, sir. We're going to start in our, uh, our, our foundation scripture, which is in John chapter 15 and verse 7. That's where we start. And of course, we're reconnecting with God. Reconnect means to jointly fasten together, to unite or bind. And we need to be reconnected and stay connected so that we can discern the flesh from the spirit, what's true from what's false. Because we are living in a day and a time when there's more fake stuff going on 
that look like church. Yes. It may even feel like church. They can sound like church, but it ain't church. Well, how do you know? If they're not preaching the word, and if they're not telling you that you can be saved through Jesus Christ, then it's not church. You simply come together to sing a few songs and make you feel good about yourself. And we need to be reconnected because the church has become the place where we worship ourselves instead of God. We want to make ourselves feel good and feel better about ourselves living our, like I said last week, the best life instead of the God life. Uh, comforting our own religious soul making us feel better about our spiritual consciousness because we came to church on Sunday morning. Mm. To get a little dab of do you, you remember that dippity do? First of all, you gotta be able to serve dance, you know that? <laughs> a little dab of do you, get you a little dab of do you, then go back out to church, and then come Monday when the storm hits you, you got nothing to stand on, and then you crumble. But God is calling back his church to do things like he wanted it done. And we are committed here at liberty to do just that. So we got to dare to be different. <laughs> we got to dare to be different. We have to be authentic. We have to be real. Uh, we have to have courage. And we have to stand in the authority and the dominion that God gave us. Uh, God is not looking for some Millie Millie Mouse Christians, milk, milk Toast Christians. We need and scared to talk about who He is, stand up to be seen, speak loud to be heard, and be a Christian in the bad places. It's all right to be a Christian in here, but you need to be a Christian out there. It's all right to talk about the kingdom in here, but we need to talk about the kingdom in there, out there. Praise God. We need to dare to be what? Different. Hmm. The church's mission, regardless of race, religion, background, or money, the mission is to help the least, the last, and winning the lost. That's the most important thing the church can do. Amen? Tony Evans said this, the church does not exist solely for programs, projects, preaching, and building. It exists as the primary vehicle for preparing believers to display God's glory, impact the culture, restore life, and advance the kingdom. But we have to get the proper picture of who God is. <laughs> when we, we were, and it's, I took this right out the Sunday school book, we were created to have a relationship with God. However, if you have the wrong concept of God, you will go your entire life relating to him in the wrong way. In other words, you will have a misconception about God, and your life will be a misconception of who God is. Amen. Because we were created to have a relationship with him. But we need to have the right relationship with God based on our Knowing who God is, really is, not who they say he is, but who he really is. Because 
a misconception leads to disconnection. <laughs> you can go along thinking you're connected with God, but if you have a misconception about God, then you will have a disconnection from God and won't even recognize it. But I'll tell you who will. The enemy. And guess what? He wants you to stay with the, have a misconception so that you can be misguided, so that you can be misled and don't even know what you're doing. Already? That's why you got to re be reconnected and that's why you have to stay connected to God. Let's go to verse 7 and it says, if you abide in me or remain in me and my words abide in you. Words right here means rhema. Rhema word. Now, logos is the Bible in its entirety. Rhema is a scripture. The Bible is the, the message, but rhema is the communication. Amen. What does that mean? You can look at a scripture over and over again, but one day if the Holy Spirit leads you to a particular scripture, that same scripture you've been reading over and over again will somehow pop out of that Bible. That's a rhema word. Amen. That's a scripture. Amen. So if you abide in me and my words or my rhema word abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be what? Given or done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you do what? Bear much what? So shall you be my disciples. The rhema word is not for you only. The rhema word is to glorify God so that you will bear much fruit. And we said yesterday, a tree is known by the fruit that it bears. You can tell me you're a Christian all day long. But if you're not displaying the fruit of the Spirit, if you don't have no love in your heart, some peace in your mind, some long-suffering that shows up, some self-control, you are not who you say you are. <laughs> I'll leave that one alone because I'm just in the scripture that we're starting with. Amen. Here in my Father's glorified that you bear much fruit, so that so shall you be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved past, past tense. Loved. Right. <laughs> Think about that. Loved is past tense. His love is not based on what you have done or what you are doing. His love is past tense already. He loved you even though you are unlovable at that moment. Right. <laughs> he loved you even though you deserve to be dead and gone. Right. He loved you so even though you need to have been caught up in that and got the punishment for that. But he loved you past tense. <laughs> Just like God in John 3.16, for God so what? Loved. <laughs> there it is, past tense. The world that he did what? Gave. His only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. So he loved you so much that he sent Jesus to die for you so that we could become his disciples and bear fruit for him. And God gets glory from that. God does not only get glory from your lips, he gets glory from your feet. 
Mm, I'm going to leave that one alone. <laughs> As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you, and you continue or remain ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide or remain in his love, these things have I spoken unto you that my joy might be might remain in you and that your joy might be what? Full or complete. Yeah. Now this series has taught us that we need to repent. Yeah, right. Repentance means that you turn from your sin and turn back to God. Amen. And the purpose of repentance is to reestablish fellowship with God. Why? Because he wants a relationship with you. You can't have a relationship without fellowship. Amen. 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 This series has taught us that we need to recommit our minds to having the mind of Christ. That means looking at life from our Savior's point of view and having his values and keeping his desires in mind. This series has taught us that we need to restore God's spirit and spiritual things to God's house. And how do you do that? Through your worship. But you can't worship God properly until you have sanctified yourself. But you can't sanctify yourself on your own. God has to do the sanctifying. Amen. Amen. So you have to worship God. Worship is the submission of all your nature to God. It is, it is the chief remedy for your self-centeredness. Worship, when you turn your worship from you to God, it will remove your self-centeredness. In other words, you'll stop worshiping yourself. Or worshiping the creation and start worshiping the creator. Amen. Worship is a maximization of God and the minimization of self. You have to dare to be different from this world. Amen. Now, A.W. Tozer said, and, I, and this was a quote that he said, dare to be different at, modern Christians hope to save the world by being like it, but it will never work. The church's power over the world springs out of her unlikeness to it. Never from her integration into it. We have to dare to be different from the world. I don't care who's leading. I know I'm going to mess some people up and it's going to make y'all mad. That's okay. And some people that hear me on here. It's going to mess up your idea of a certain rap singer. Sorry. <laughs> that is now doing services, church Sunday service across this country. <laughs> Just because it's this certain person, he's got flocks coming to him. But guess what? The devil was a great deceiver and he was a worship leader too. The devil was so bad, he was he's a worship leader and came against God in heaven. <laughs> and he took a third of the angels with him. Now, if the devil can do that to God, how do we think we can come against the devil without God? We can't. We need to stay reconnected with God so that we can discern what is real and what's fake. Because the music sounds good and the bump is good. <sighs> 
However, if they ain't talking about Jesus at some point, <laughs> if they ain't extending the invitation at some point, or somebody getting healed, delivered, or set free at some point, they just having service. I'm gonna read that one. I didn't know what. I don't know why I got there, but that's what I went. Amen. When you live according to this world's systems and standards, you are in bondage. You may think you're free, but you're in bondage. Because you're going to serve somebody. No man can serve two masters. Either you're going to love the one and hate the other, or hate the other and love the one. So if you're not being led by the Spirit of God, you are being led by the spirit of this world, which happens to be led by the devil himself. Yes. Jesus himself said, I saw Satan get kicked out of heaven like lightning. Yeah. Mm. Now, three or four days ago, I was watching TV mm -hmm. on a particular station that is a very right-wing station. And they said, scientists have discovered that something hit the earth many years ago. Right that formed a cloud over the earth and created the ice age and killed the dinosaurs. That is the gap theory of God. The creation story begins in Genesis 1-1, but it's believed that there was a gap in Genesis 1 and 2. That's why the dinosaurs are not in the Bible, because they were destroyed when Satan got kicked out of heaven. And caused the ice age. What caused the ice age? When Satan hit the earth, there was a cloud around the earth, and the earth could get no sun, which caused the earth to freeze. Yeah. All right. <laughs> the more science tries to disprove God, the more they prove God. Right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I said all that to say this: you need to be connected and reconnected to God. So that you know what's really going on, but you can't be reconnected or connected with God if you be like the world. Yeah. You have to separate yourself by releasing yourself from this world. Right. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Amen. Now, the purpose of 2 Corinthians is to affirm Paul's ministry and to defend his authority as an apostle and refute the false teachers in Corinth. False teachers were challenging Paul's ministry and authority as an apostle, but he asserts his authority and, and he, he asserts his authority in order to preserve correct Christian doc, doctrine. How does he do it? Through his sincerity and love for Christ. When you love Jesus, truly love Jesus, you don't have to so much as to say it, though you have opportunities to say it, you need to show it. They need, the world needs to see the gospel demonstrated. The gospel demonstrated happens to be through Jesus' disciples, through our love. That's why I said that we are transforming believers into disciples. And how will they know that we are disciples? It's through our what? Love. And we can only love if we're connected to God. Why? Because God is what? Love. Amen. Amen. Y'all there? Yeah. 
Now, the church at Corinth was weak. See, weak churches didn't just pop up. That's right. The church in Corinth was weak. It was surrounded by idolatry and immorality. <laughs> there is nothing new under the sun. That's right. The church is surrounded and now is even infiltrated <laughs> with immorality yeah. and idolatry, right? Yeah. They struggled with their Christian faith and lifestyle. You think he was talking about us now, right? That's right. This letter must have been difficult for Paul to write because he had to list his credentials as an apostle because Paul was a humble man but a powerful man. Yeah. And I can relate to Paul. I don't have to, I don't like telling my alphabet story. Paul was like, he liked to let you see his walk. Right. Yeah. It's not in your mouth, but it's in your walk. Let that sink in. The Bible says in some scriptures that in another place that uh, your, your, your mouth says one thing, I'm paraphrasing, but your heart is far from me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But to do what God needs you to do and be what God needs you to be and to have what God needs you to have, you need to release yourself from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And release means to be free from confinement. Let's start at verse number uh, 14. No, let's make that 11. O ye Corinthians, our mouth is open unto you and our heart is enlarged. You are not straightened in us, which means there is a lack of love. There is no lack of love on our part, but you are straightening your own vows. In other words, you have withheld your love from us. Verse 13 says, now for a recompense in the same, I speak unto you as my children, but be ye also enlarged, which means open your hearts to us. Verse 14 says, be ye not unequally yoked together with what? In other words, don't team up with unbelievers. For what fellowship or what partnership have righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion have light with darkness? Righteousness is the state of the believer. Uh, you don't get righteousness. God gives you righteousness. Mm. Verse 15 says, and what concord or what harmony hath Christ with Belial, which is an ancient name for Satan, or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel, which is a non-believer? And what agreement hath the temple of God with what? For you are the what? Of the who? Say, you are the what? Remember that, you are the what? That means God's house. You are God's house. The church. You are the church. This building is a building. But you are the temple of the who? Our God is not a dead God. Our God is not a wooden idol that can't talk. Uh, Our God is not an idol that can't heal, deliver, and set free. We have a living God who speaks through his living word, who sent his living word to die for our sins. So our God is a living God because our God rose from the dead. Separates us from anybody that has ever lived. Muhammad 
Confucius and all of them, they still in their grave. Go check it out. It'd be bad enough. But you go over there and see where Jesus was born, laid down. He ain't there. Why? Because he is risen. Amen. We serve a what? Living God and we are his temple. And as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their what? And they shall be what? And then here it is. Wherefore do what? Come out from what? Come out what? Well, I'll put it where we can get it. Dare to be different. Come out from who? Among them. Who? Unbelievers. And be ye what? Separated. Separate or separated, said who? The Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and guess what? I will so you have to come out, be separate, don't touch that unclean thing, and then he will do what? Receive. Told you God receives. <laughs> he doesn't take, he receives. Amen. And I will be what? Be Father unto you, and you shall be my Said who? You need to dare to be what? Different. Amen. Paul is urging them and he is speaking to us not to team up, that is to form partnerships with unbelievers because this might weaken your commitment, integrity, or standards. He is not saying that you don't have a relationship with unbelievers or witness to unbelievers. He is not saying to remove yourself totally from unbelievers because that would be impossible. If you go into the store and don't know nobody, you can believe that there's some unbelievers in there. Just the same as there are some believers in there. But Paul is saying don't form a close relationship or partnership with them because they will lead you one way or the other. So you need to what? Come out from among them. Separate, differentiate yourself. It would be a mismatch. Paul in 1 Corinthians 5, 9, 10 explained that this does not mean isolating yourself from unbelievers because that would be impossible, as I said. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 12 to 13, Paul tells them to even stay with their unbelieving spouses. Right. Mm -hmm. But what Paul wanted is believers to be active in their witness for Christ and to, to unbelievers. He is saying that you cannot win souls if you look like that very same soul. You cannot lead them to Christ if you're just as dark as them. People will always say, well, he was a good man or a good woman. At the world standards, yeah. But what do they look like from God's standard? Well, I know people say, well, we ain't, we're ain't, we not supposed to judge. Well, you're supposed to tell the tree by its fruit. That's not judging. That's just looking at the tree for what the tree says it, say it is. That's not judging. Don't get it wrong. That's just looking. What did you call it? What did you call it yesterday? Fruit inspectors. Amen. <laughs> We're supposed to be fruit inspectors. And that's okay. God wants us to be fruit inspectors. Amen. As long as we're bearing good fruit. 
Separation from the world involves more than keeping your distance from simple practices. It means staying close to God, and it involves more than avoiding worldly entertainment. And it extends to how you spend your time and your money. Now let's look at what the world offers and how it offers it. Let's go to 1 John. You need to be separate and release yourself from the what? World. Why? The Bible just told us, come out from among them. Be what? Separate. Touch the, don't touch the unclean thing. Amen? Now this is the worldly perspective. First John. It's next to second John. And it's before third John. Okay. <laughs> but if you go to Revelation, it's too far. <laughs> So if you don't know where it is, look at your, uh, your uh, the, the, the front page, the index page, and it'll tell you. That's why it's there. Amen? And it's okay to look at that. First John chapter 2, and we're going to look at verse number 15. This is why we need to disconnect or separate ourselves from the world. Y'all there? It says that. It says this. Love not the world, neither the things that are what? In the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not where? In him. Hmm. So if you love in the world too much, the love of the Father is not in you. Right. Hmm. For all that is in the world, the lust of the what? Flesh. And the lust of the what? And the what? Is not of the Father, but is, but is of the world. Not the devil. Huh? You catch that? But the world. That's a key thing. But the world. And the world does what? Pass away. And the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abides or lives what? Mm. So don't love this world or neither the things of this world because this world and the things of this world, including lust, will be done away with. And on top of that, the love of the Father is not in you. Say, I got to get from loving Worldly things. I got to dare to be different. See, the world will have it all fixed up to make it look all pretty, shiny, glittery, skirt cut just right, buff just right. But if you look at it through your worldly eyes and get caught up in your worldly eyes, you may miss what God had for you in the first place. Yes. Because you have fallen with the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Now, some people think that worldliness is limited to external behavior. The people you associate with and the places you go and the activities you enjoy. Worldliness is 
internal because it begins in the heart and it is characterized by three attitudes. What is that? The craving for physical pleasure. The craving for everything that you see. And pride in your own achievements. Now that's a hard one. I'm going to tell you. Because people will put you up on a pedestal and pat you on your back. And if you're not careful, you will start believing the hype. And if you start believing the hype, you get filled up with pride. And the Bible says pride before, before, for a great fall. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a great fall. So we have to learn how to deal with even that and not get caught up with the worldliness of people putting you up on the pedestal because they will knock that pedestal down and watch you fall. Those same people. <laughs> and it's very easy to get caught up. That's why, and I'm going to tell you my personal testimony, I have to separate myself from that because I can lift myself up with just right along with them and if I get too far lifted up, they kick the pedestal out. I'm on the ground. And then God is looking at me like I told you. So let me tell you this. God is telling you right now, don't love the things of this world or in this world because the world is passing away. How do you know? Well, they call it climate change. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, that's the scientist. But I'm going to tell you what the biblical point again is. The world is getting ready to end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the world is in travail. That's right. It's having birth pain. That's right. And it's just about ready to give a new give yeah. new birth to a new world. Yes. It's contracting. Yes. Now I haven't been a woman, never had a baby, but they tell me right. that when the contractions hit, give me that epidural. <laughs> but I'm telling you this to tell you that don't love the world or things in the world because this world is passing away yes. and it's closer now than it was yesterday yes. and, and, and these, the, the, the storms and the rain and the, everything that's going on the earth and time is contracting yes. it seems like these days are going faster yes. the earth is contracting Yesterday we were walking down the street. She said, it seemed like Saturday just went so fast. Well, yeah. the reason why is the earth is contracting. Yeah. Time is getting shorter. Yeah. So we have to separate ourselves from this world and get our focus back on who? Yeah. God. So we have to, but we have to release ourselves. Yeah. That's the key. Yeah. God is not going to do it for us. That's right. He's given us the tools to do it. But we have to make the effort. That's right. That's right. You have to release yourself and separate yourself from this world because this world is ending. Amen. Separating yourself does not mean isolating yourself. All right. It means that no matter where you are or who you are with, you are God's representative Amen. on this earth. It's another thing we talked about yesterday in Deacon's training. That no matter where you are, even if you're by yourself, 
-hmm. You still represent God. That's right. What does that mean? Don't think you're getting away with whatever you're getting away with, and even if you're by yourself, in right. your own house, in your own room. Because even if you're by yourself, you're alone, but you're not alone. How you, what you mean? Scripture said you are the temple of the living God. Which means that you, in, that, in your temple, wherever your temple is, that's where God is. That's right. Amen. And just because you put whatever it is in your system, does not mean God goes away. That's right. Being a believer requires responsibility. Just because you decided to receive Jesus as your Savior does not negate the responsibility of being a believer. What does that mean? That means that you are an ambassador of Christ 24-7, 365 days a year, every day of the year for the rest of your life. You're not just a believer when you come into church. I'm really going to mess you up. You can't be a believer one day and not a believer the next. Right. You either is or you ain't. Right. <laughs> okay. Is or you ain't. Just because you tell me you're a believer on Sunday, but if you don't want, if your life don't line up to that on Monday, you're not really a believer. And I'm, I'm, I'm really guilty, and I, I, I get convicted by doing this all the time. I will repent, ask God to forgive me, but then I find myself doing something that I yeah. repented for. Yeah. However, because I'm human just like you. That's right. However, the Holy Spirit points it out to me. Right. There you go. That's right. There you go. Yes, love. And through his mercy, yes. he points that out to me so that I confess it again. Right. Get up from that and try to live another day. Right. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Even though God is a just God, he's full of mercy. Okay. So we got to separate ourselves. Release ourselves. What? From this world. What does that mean? You need to draw close to God. So you need to release and surrender your heart to God. Amen? Amen. Let's go to Proverbs. I'm not too far done yet. Proverbs chapter 4, because this is important. Proverbs chapter 4. You have to release and surrender your heart to God. Proverbs chapter 4, I'm going to look at verse number 23. It says this, Keep thy heart with all diligence. The actual translation says this, Above all else, guard your heart. Why? For out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a froward mouth or a wellspring mouth, or quit running your mouth, and perverse lips. Put far from thee 
or keep your mouth free from perversity. Let thine eyes look right on or straight ahead and let thine eyelids look straight ahead before thee or fix your eyes directly in front of you. Ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. Verse 27 says, turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil, which actually means this. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Remember, you are a three-part being. You are a spirit who possesses a soul that lives in the body. Your soul is where your mind, your will, and your emotions dwell. Your heart is the seat of your emotions. And just in case you hadn't noticed, your emotions are all over the place. What usually happens, if you don't have yourself lined up, you will follow your heart. Your heart, the seat of your emotions, can lead you, just like it says, either to the right or to the left. Which actually means this. It's either going to tell you to follow your spirit or follow your flesh. The reason why the heart is in the middle is because your soul is in the middle. And your spirit and your flesh is always going to be at war for your soul. And what controls your soul is your heart. And if the devil can get your heart, he can get your soul so that he can lead you by your flesh. However, if you give your heart to Jesus, then your spirit can be renewed and your spirit can be born again and you can have the opportunity to be led by your spirit and not by your flesh. Amen? Amen. You need, well, let me put this way. Solomon is telling us to guard our heart above all else and make sure you concentrate those desires that will keep you on the right path. You need to make sure your affections lead you in the right direction. And this is very important. The reason why all that I said today will tie it up. Let's go back. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Amen? Amen. And I'm going to tie it all together with this ending scripture. With the ending scriptures. Verse 17 says, Wherefore come from among them, and be ye separate, said from the Lord, just like that, and I will receive you. And here it is, here's the favor or the promise that's attached. And I will be a father unto you, and you will be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Verse 7 says this, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of flesh and spirit, Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Amen. Amen. You catch it? The way to walk in the favor of God is to separate yourself from the world, to guard your heart. And 
he will be your father, and you, and he will be his sons and his daughters. All we have to do is our part, and God will do his part. The favor of God is not things. The favor of God is walking in his love. reason that you need to reconnect with God is to have the favor of God on your life. Not things, but Him. It's going to rain on you. It's going to rain on me. But as long as I got Him, and as long as you got Him, and as long as you're stay reconnected and you stay connected, we're going to make it. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the book, it says what? We win. Let's give God praise. Beginning, recommitting, restoring, and releasing.